So retrograde is only until the 12th. Thank God. I thought it was the 20-something, so we're almost there. So fucking hooray. Thank the Lord. I'm done with it. Yes. All of you files with the podcast. All things creepy. Cryptic. Otherworldly. You know, that's what I'm here for, Nick. That, and to bring the listeners, the lovely listeners, Oddity Files, the podcast. <laughs> I got this guy with me. He's pretty fucking awesome. What's your name, dude? Oh, hey, what's up? I'm I'm Nick. And I'm Kitsy Duncan. And we're here to talk about creepy, cryptid, otherworldly shit that we find on the interwebs. Sometimes we just know it in our goddamn heads. I did want to let everybody know that's listening right now. The reason you didn't get an episode this week is because I started them out as kind of a way to give you guys fun entertainment when the world was falling apart. And um, I appreciate you guys listening. I so appreciate every guest that I had on, including Mr. Nick Floyd. But I need to take some time and actually write a fucking book. So I've actually started officially and I'm pretty fucking excited about it. So I'll keep you guys all updated on how the book's going. I do have a, a due date of September 1st, so I should probably get moving on that. Yeah, you probably should. That's pretty great, though. I feel like I can get away from like these COVID parties by just being like, hey, I got to write a book. I can't come to your party. Oh, that's a great excuse. Yeah. So Everybody I'm, fucking use that. Yeah, I'm going to use it even though I'm not writing a book like you, which I'm very excited to well, see what you whip up. It'll be fun. I'm super excited about it. But yeah, you guys don't go to parties. I'm just get, I'm going to get political for a moment. Fucking stay home. Fucking wear a mask. Fucking wash your hands. This is ridiculous. I would like to go back to work at some point. So people, it's masks aren't political. It's for the safety of others. So fucking wear one. Cool. Even, Cool okay, people. you're listening right now. Grab your fucking mask. Put it on. Yeah. Go ahead, Nick. Every, everyone, I mean, think about all the cool people in history that have worn a mask. Darth Vader, Scorpion from Mortal Kombat. Mm-hmm. Um, all the, all the all people. All of them. All. Rorschach? <laughs> Rorschach? Fucking Rorschach. Yeah. Great mask. That's all I, I can think of right now. You know, I'm like, it's almost exhausting to tell people. Iron keep, Man. Iron Man. Basically all the superheroes. Uh, be a hero. Wear a mask. I'm. I have a problem with the people who have. Like, it, it, there was a, a news story this week in. I want to say somewhere in Alabama, and even if it didn't happen in Alabama, the odds are very high that it did at some point happen in Alabama. <laughs> people are having these COVID parties where they someone has COVID and then they come to a party, and then whoever gets it first wins this like wins. pot of money. What are you doing? Like, oh my- just watch Netflix. Can like, I just say dumbasses? Do anything else. Literally anything else sounds better than that. Yeah. Literally. Uh, Literally. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So let's step off our soapboxes. <laughs> I'm going to come check on y'all that are listening. If you're not wearing a fucking mask, I'm going to throat punch you. Got it? Not really. But I love you. Please wear a mask. Save the grandmas and grandpas. Thank you. Yes. Definitely do. Also, addendum to last week when we were talking about <laughs> Nessie. The photos that resurfaced that that I had said that they were from the previous year, they were, but yeah. actually, there have been six sightings of Nessie this year. 
alone. Why are we not hearing about this, Nick? People, uh, people just aren't talking about it. It, it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. I'm like, this is really cool. You should talk about it. Are there pics in video? There is a video, and it's okay. decent. Okay. It's a decent well, video. Well, at least there's video. It's like yeah. in this day and age, I mean, it's a thing with Chris and I when I'm ghost hunting. He's like, video or it didn't happen. You know? <laughs> yep. And everybody has a fucking video camera in their pockets nowadays. Yeah. It's it's really alarming, actually. <laughs> like, <laughs> There's just no one can get a clean shot when, like, they can get their friends doing crazy stuff on camera, but they can't get something that's like in front of them for a, a probably a obscene length of time. <laughs> it's in front of them. You know, maybe there's the shock factor at first. It's like, oh shit, I should probably get a video of this. <laughs> They're all shaky. I feel like that's what it is, but I don't know. I feel I feel like in the vein of like rando nodding to bring it back. Like they're always filming. There's like, oh, there's this thing we saw, and yeah. then when they actually see something, it's like, <laughs> everything is just all over. The place. Oh God, this is real. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. It's it's fear. Uh, yeah, I I don't. I, or you know, maybe it's just only dumbasses are seeing them. Probably, that's probably what it is. Because no one will believe them. Yeah. Well, speaking of, you know, people not getting pictures of cryptids. Nick sent me the newest. Was it Progressive video uh, commercial or Geico? Uh, I think it was. I think it's Progressive. Yes. So good. Where Bigfoot just wants his fucking. I'm sorry. Daryl just wants his fucking photo taken. He's so sad. He's so sad. Nobody's looking for him anymore. No. I am from a distance. Yeah, I am too. I, it's safe to go. It, listen, here's my theory. We should have found, and this will seg- segue me into another thought. But we should have found Bigfoot by now. 100%. If people stop goofing around, doing dumb stuff, watching Tiger King for the 19th time, go find Bigfoot. Because if we all just did it together, it would have been found already. We've had time, people. And back to rando nodding again. How has nobody found Bigfoot rando nodding? Doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. On the topic of Bigfoot, I will say... Um, so I do, I do this movie roulette. Um, it's ending this week, but I do it on Instagram. I do it four nights a week. It was five nights last week. And the genre amazing. was sci-fi last week. And I got a movie called the sighting and I was very excited. Cause I'm like, cool, this is going to be, uh, or no, it was the genre was mystery. I'm sorry. It was mystery. And okay. I was very excited about it. Cause I'm like, cool. I like good mystery. The sighting. This is about aliens. I was wrong. It wasn't about aliens. It was about Bigfoot. And I was very disappointed because I hadn't seen the movie or heard of the movie. And then I watched the movie and realized why I hadn't seen or heard of the movie. Uh, (laughs) It was, it was a very unique approach to the Bigfoot story because they were like multiple big feet. Um, And I wondered what the plural was. Yeah. I appreciate you. Big feet, big feet. Foot, foot, foots. I call them big feats. I like big feats. You're right. <laughs> so there's this of the whole movie, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ruin the movie for you. But I just want to say there's one shot when the when the main character sees the family of Bigfoot, big feats, if you will, for the first time. It's very cool because they're all like holding hands and hunched over in the road, and it's it's neat. Aww. Like it's a neat yeah. shot, and then they just go nuts and they start wrecking the car. But here's 
Bigfoot wouldn't do that. No, wouldn't do it. 100% wouldn't do it. The problem with the movie is that in the last 20 minutes, so the, the whole plot is this kid is driving with his friend. They go somewhere they're not supposed to. The Bigfoot family come, attack them, kill his best friend, and he's like distraught. And he's like, my best friend died, blah, 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 blah. 20 minutes before the movie. Yeah, Yeah. you get sad. 20 minutes before the movie ended, it turns out that a cop who has very little to do with the the plot of the movie shows up and tells the kid that he his friend wasn't murdered by Sasquatches. He murdered his friend and blamed it on the Sasquatches. What? Plot twist. It was so ridiculous. Terrible. Uh, but I'm uh, laughing right now, so <laughs> I don't need to see it now. I appreciate you. Just, just don't watch it. I just, I, it, it's like I just, I was so disappointed. I'm like, just lean into it. Don't give me a twist twenty minutes before the movie's over. Ah, uh, oh, it was dumb. Don't watch it. That's the whole moral of the story. Anyway, the moral of the story is, is it's terrible. Don't even bother. Don't. Yeah, I and, watched and, it and for Nick's you. Nick's been pretty dead on with his movie recommendations, so. <laughs> Yeah, I try. We won't watch that one. <laughs> I, yeah. Don't. Just don't. Uh, yeah. I want a good Bigfoot movie. Speaking of which, uh, the Max Brooks book, um, The Evolution, he wrote about Bigfoot terrorizing this town, uh, which Max, Bo- or, uh, Max Brooks wrote World War Z. They're making it into a movie. What? A Bigfoot movie that's going to come out in real theaters. <laughs> Real, th- well, if we ever get back in real theaters, yeah. if people would start fucking wearing their masks, but <laughs> this thing's just keep going full circle. Yep. Just all the circles. I like it. a little nauseous. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a tilt-a-whirl. Exactly. But yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, that should be great. Do they have a, I mean, nobody really has a time frame right now about anything, but are they, have they started filming or is it just like in pre-production? It is in super pre-production, but I'm telling you right now, if they don't cast Brendan Fraser as the lead, I'm done. I'm not watching it. He's so wonderful. I finally got to meet him. He is all about the paranormal, and he's fabulous. Oh, my gosh. Got to get him on the podcast. Brendan Fraser, if you're listening. he didn't want to. He didn't want to do it. He didn't want to do it. I tried. I tried with all I had. It looked really cute that day, too. That didn't even work. So, you know, I gave it all I could. Damn it. Damn it, Brendan Fraser, you fool. I know. What the hell? So, <laughs> Unsolved Mysteries dropped this week. Speaking of things you should watch, it's it's true crime. I mean, that's what it's pretty much about. But there is one episode that I still haven't seen yet. I've saw all the other ones except the French one with subtitles because I'm not even going to bother. But I fell asleep during the one about the UFOs. So, it's episode four. I will rewatch it before the next time we record, but everybody loved it. Wow. I didn't know there was a UFO UFO one. Yeah. I guess that's the thing about Unsolved Mysteries is it like throw a haunting in every once in a while and just weird shit. Aliens once in a while. Bigfoot. I'm sure. I don't remember. It was a long time ago. Yeah. But yeah. I love that. Uh, Fun fact about the French episode. I saw this on someone's Facebook. If you watch it with the dubbing on... They like narrate it and narrate what the people are saying, and it's apparently very fascinating to watch. Oh, well, yeah. I I love a good dubbed, 
you know, watch because it takes me back to my childhood and those karate movies back in the day. <laughs> yep. Uh, so I'll have to do that. And anybody who's listening, I know I've actually talked to several of you about it on Facebook and via text. The guy in episode two, he fucking did it. He is the new Carol Baskin, which I've only watched Tiger King once, Nick. I want to put that out there, but I did watch it. That's fair. Just once. I did too. Okay. I, we all did. Listen. Oh, we, you did? Okay. Yeah, we all did. Yeah. We all needed it at that point. Oh, yeah. It was pure entertainment when we needed it most. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I do have a quick paranormal in the news. And I'm just going to say the headline got me. It says, Ghost Hunters Probing Potty-Mouthed Ghoul at Sight of Historical Murder. I mean, it's from The Mirror. Uh, we don't know. I know. they. It's con- The Mirror is controversial in the podcast world. But the story's good. (laughs) The angry apparition is said to be a woman in white who tells people to fuck off in an area known as Dead Woman's Ditch. I like her already. Christine and Dave Thomas were investigating the site named after the murder of Jane Walford by her husband John in 1798. Did they say fuck in the 1700s? Oh, yeah. You're damn right they did. Did it mean the same thing? Yeah. I thought this is just like my lifetime. Okay. You learn something new every day. So the couple say they picked up on a voice which told them to fuck off. They also claim to have encountered a murderer from 1798. Dave said, my wife has experienced it for a long time. And I'm not going to get all into this because that last line, I didn't read it before I started to read it. And that last line, I don't like these people anymore. So I'm done. But I like the ghost. Big fan of the ghost. I feel like that's what I would do if I was a ghost. I would just like oh. mess with people's Wi-Fi and then tell them to fuck off. Yeah. Rename their Wi-Fi. Fuck off. Rename their password. Fuck off. Yes. Yep. Easy. Done. I love it. Um, real quick. We still have the rate and review contest going on, guys. Go ahead and leave a review wherever you can screen grab it um you can also do that on amazon prime for our our tv show and on imdb for our tv show screen grab your review sometimes you might want to do that before you press send because i know apple podcasts takes a minute to get up there screen grab it and mail it to oddityfilescrew at gmail.com speaking of that tv show check it out i had a lot of people tell me they were watching it over the fourth weekend which was really cool a guy I went to high school with, Bill, what's up? He's like, I'm watching your <laughs> show. It's kind of cool. Also had another guy email this weekend um, saying that Oddity Files, the TV show, got him through COVID. Aww. Dang, that's real nice. I'm crying a little bit. It was. That's... He said I was miserable and I started watching and it just kind of took the, the, the yuck off of him, you know, and then. As he was watching it, the days were going by and he was getting better. So that was wonderful. I appreciate people just dropping me a line sometimes. You guys are amazing. Um, also, we have merch. Oddityfiles.com slash site slash shop. And big <laughs> shout out to our Patreon producers, Doug Malden Locke, Ryan Hoke, 
and Donald Blanchflower. We appreciate you. I, I finally got over to the office and uploaded the Zoom videos from the past couple weeks. So those are up there as well. I don't know what's been going on with my interwebs. It's a fucking nightmare is what it is. Also, one last thing. And then, Nick, I know you go first. Oh, look at you this week. I know. I know. I'm I'm on fire. (laughs) Um, So I'm trying to find other ways to prove to myself that my house is haunted. Because, you know, these little things happen and I can just be like, oh, that was this or oh, that was that. So I downloaded one of those kids apps where they can draw on like a white screen I'm thinking about just kind of leaving it in the office with like a GoPro on it and letting it roll. There you go. I think anything anything works at this point. I think that yeah. you already get a good response, so I think doing something like that would be perfect. Okay, cool. Just wanted to run that by you first. <laughs> I approve. Sold. Thank you. I appreciate you. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, I had to show I have to show you this, Nick. So I got one of these um, for me and for Heather. She does the Miss Murder podcast for me. I found a female serial killer's coloring book. Oh, my goodness. <gasps> oh, yeah. All the serial killers that are bitches. So That's excited. Amazing. I wonder if they have like a haunted locations coloring book. That would be cool. I'm sure they do. Okay, I have everything on my list of things to do done. And you know, I'm, I think I'm ready to hear a story, Nick, and I'm super excited about this one. Oh, oh, hooray. All the pressure. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I went so crazy with this one, I even named it, even though it doesn't matter. <laughs> I love it. Yes. Every once in a while, I'll name my story, too. Usually it's because I think I'm hilarious and I'm really not, but I want to hear yours. Okay. The name of this story <laughs> is Joe Cummings and the Special Friend. Oh, yeah, I love it already. It's like a children's story. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> Where do I sign? Here. <laughs> Let's make a movie, Nick. Let's make a movie. Guys. I'm pretty excited to tell you about this new product I'm using. Soul Drops are sacred plant supplements that boost overall wellness by enhancing your mind, body, and spirit. See what I did there? Made with traditional healing plants, this special microdosing option empowers self-healing and performance optimization. Soul Drops allow you to power up physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Again, see what I did there? With only a few drops per day, Soul Drops can empower your self-healing and optimization. Now, I'm not kidding. I found Soul Drops on a social media ad, and guys, I'm shocked at the results. I'm not even kidding. I'm not making this up. I am shocked at the results. My moods have leveled out, and I'm sleeping better. So Soul Drops is brought to you by renowned shamanic healer and herbalist Vlada Talan. She uses an ancient process to offer all natural, legal, and safe microdosing. Her master plant formulas have transformed the lives of thousands of people, including me. So I figured out a way to get you guys Soul Drops at a 10% discount. Are you ready? Head on over to souldrops.net and type in oddity files, one word, in the discount code box. I got the master trinity set, And I tell you what, this stuff works. 
So head on over to souldrops.net and remember to type oddity files, again, one word, into the coupon code to get your 10% off. And you know what? You can just thank me later. Guys, have you heard of diedinhouse.com? This is pretty much the coolest thing ever. Ever feel like somebody's watching you in your house and you don't know why and you're the only one in the house? Did you know real estate brokers are not obliged to tell you if someone died in the house unless you ask? Yep, I found that one out the hard way. I mean, it's certainly not a checkbox on a Zillow site, now is it? So are you looking at houses and don't want to move into a murder house? I mean, I do, but I understand that it's not for everyone. Well, now you can find out who died in your house or any house for that matter, and usually what the cause of death was as well. And we have a way for you to save money when you do. Of course we do. Check out diedinhouse.com. Save 10% by using promo code OddityFiles, one word, no spaces, before buying or renting a home. Get informed about everything. Use diedinhouse.com to learn the house history. Again, head to diedinhouse.com and enter promo code OddityFiles, one word, at checkout, and you'll save 10%. So guys, have you heard of paraboxmonthly.com? Get ready for this. It's kind of cool. Every box contains an amazing soft style paranormal t-shirt and a content card. These items also contain a hidden password. Okay, once discovered, it'll open up a new mystery online. How cool is that? If you can solve their challenge, you'll be entered into a monthly drawing for free merchandise. So cool. So here's all you need to do. You head to paraboxmonthly.com and add promo code oddityfiles. And you're set. Check it out. It's paraboxmonthly.com promo code oddity files check it out all right 2009 a year where barack obama was president the black eyed peas oh God, I miss him. The, the black eyed peas were chopping charts and the bitcoin network was created but Ooh. i know i'm getting deep with the 2009 history references <laughs> but just like the transformers a movie whose sequel was also released in 2009, there's more than meets the eye here. Joe Cummings, a New York resident, had almost gone the entire year without anything crazy happening. And that's real difficult to come by, especially to today's standards. Amen to that. The key word here, though, is almost. Because on November 7th, 2009, Mr. Joe Cummings uploaded a video on YouTube that has since shooketh the nation. Currently sitting- Shooketh. Shooketh. It's currently sitting at 19 million views today. Oh, snap. A little jelly, not gonna lie. Oh yeah, I am too. He's probably, he's set for life. <laughs> he's got that YouTube money. Now I know what you're thinking. What the hell did a guy like Joe Cummings do to get that many views? Well, turn out the lights. Because I'm about to tell you. Yes! Like any other person, Joe kept a fridge and pantry stocked with delicious <laughs> treats. But he found it strange that over time, he'd have a hankering for food. He'd walk to the kitchen and discover that some of the food 
was gone. Oh, that's that's sad. I'm already sad. It is Keep sad. Going. <laughs> I live for my pantry right now. <laughs> I do too. It's all we have. At, at first, he questioned his live-in girlfriend if she had taken the food. <laughs> because I'm sure that ended well. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm thinking. And she said no. She said I'm not touching the food in the house. It's this is it. This was confusing to Joe because if he wasn't taking the food and she wasn't taking the food, then who or what was? Yeah. It's creepy. Being a I'm a little terrified. <laughs> oh, me too. Being a completely rational po- person, Joe decided to order a security camera and set it up in the kitchen yeah. in hopes to find what in the actual fuck was happening and who was taking his food. As I mean, that would have been my first thought. I wasn't sure we had them in 2009, though. I'm not going to lie. What, security cameras? The the little in-house security cameras. I didn't I, realize how easy they were to get then. Yeah, I feel like they, because like, Nest wasn't a thing back then, so. Uh-uh. Rings fairly. You know, I bet ADT and things like that had them. Yeah. He probably spent a, spent a pretty penny on them. And it was like the night vision camera, too. So it was. Oh. Yeah. Fucking fancy. Yep. Upon setting it up, he couldn't believe what he captured. Late the next night, after setting the camera up, long after he and his girlfriend have fallen asleep, in the footage, which is available on YouTube, a small vent in his apartment, in the kitchen, appears to open. And out of it crawls a disheveled lanky woman the fuck (laughs) she heads straight for the refrigerator grabs a carton of juice and yes she drinks straight from the carton oh no okay you've gone too far but i haven't there's more (laughs) after drinking his juice (laughs) she shuffles over to the sink squats in it and begins to urinate in his goddamn sink. You've gone far too far. <laughs> she, <laughs> she spends several minutes no. rifling through everything in his kitchen before climbing back up on the table and climbing back into the vent as if she was never even there. <laughs> oh my goodness. You're frozen, so I'm gonna wait for a second. Well, recording during a thunderstorm is never going to happen again. Nick and I completely lost each other. I lost power. I was like, oh, cool. You know, I have a whole house generator. Well, fucking A, you have to lose power for it to kick in. But we continued the next day, and here it is for all y'all. Okay, so let's pretend like you were telling me a story. Perfect. And. And. Okay, let me figure out where the best place to start is. So she spends several minutes rifling through everything in his kitchen before returning to her vent as if she was never even there. So when Joe woke up the next morning, he, like any other normal person, reviewed the footage right away. Because. I can't even imagine. Yeah. Like, you know. I, <laughs> I don't even know. Um, Fucking terrifying. terrifying. I'm sorry. It's so scary. Uh, so he reviewed the footage and 
when he was watching the footage, he saw his special friend crawling out of the air vent. And the moment that he did, he called the he called the cops. He was like, "Hey, this, oh yeah, get this is crazy." Well, my fear is was he was going to crawl up into wherever she came from and find her. And then she killed him. So, good. The story's not over. Keep going, sir. I mean, this was 2009. In 2020, absolutely someone would climb in the vent and find out if she... True. This is... With their TikTok open and ready to go. This is a 20... This is a 2009 move. 100%. Like, just call, yeah. call the authorities and be like, there's this girl in my vent. I don't want to go in there. Please. Yeah. Uh, so, the police showed up arrested the woman and confirmed that she had been living in the vent for what they're estimating at least two weeks. Oh my God. It's a long First, ass time. She's a sly little ninja. Yeah. Second, where did she poop? Event, probably his yeah. bathroom. <laughs> like, Oh my god! Or if I mean I don't want to get here's, gross. Here's how I see it going down. Yeah, like, you please. God damn it! My girlfriend didn't flush the toilet again, and she goes in like, God damn it! My boyfriend didn't flush the toilet again. It, it could work. Okay, sorry. Or I'm. <laughs> oh lordy be. Or he had a garbage disposal, and like she. <laughs> I, Anything's I just possible. Threw up in my mouth. <laughs> Anything's possible. <laughs> you're gonna reg- you're gonna regret bringing me on this podcast. I told you one day. <laughs> oh hell no! I still love it. Anyway, <laughs> so the video's runtime is well over five minutes long, and in the description of the video, Joe, also known as You Know It Joe on YouTube, did a brief Q and A with himself. Which is great. Okay. Uh, he answers specific questions about sure. the video in question. First off, he confirms that this was indeed real, but he is an actor in real life. So, oh snap! Yeah, yeah. I could see that being an issue. Yeah. So he clarified that, which is good. We all needed it. He then goes on to say that when she was arrested, she didn't really speak at all. She didn't really make eye contact with anybody. It was just... Well, would you... No! I, no! Are you kidding? <laughs> Hell no! I'm like, I'm drinking your juice and peeing in your sink. I'm not going to look at you. No. no. I wouldn't either. Well, first I wouldn't do it. Well, I don't know. Times are getting a little <laughs> tough around here. <laughs> Check out our sponsors. <laughs> or I'm going to be living in your fucking attic. Just saying. He also clarifies that the vent that she was living in was actually more of a storage slash loft area in the apartment with no connection to any outside ventilation. What? Yep. Oh, how'd she get in? That's so, so he says that she either a came through his front door or B came in through a window, which he lives on the top floor of an apartment. So she scaled, it's like Spider-Man climbed. <laughs> it just gets better. It just gets better and better. Uh, oh, my God. So while, again, while Joe does claim to be an actor two different times in this Q&A, he does say this was not a performance piece and is very, very real. So, okay. I, I mean... 
first before before I go on, do like do you think it was this is real? Do you, the 2009, do you think this is a thing that happened or do you think this is some fake thing? First, yes. 100%. I listen to a lot of true crime podcasts and shit like this fucking happens. Good. What about you? What are your thoughts? I'm glad see you answered correctly. Um this is Okay. Thank God. I didn't know it was a test, but yay. So to wrap this story up, um, I do think it's real. And the reason why I think it's real is because I actually experienced something like this in my years back. A different circumstance. I felt safe during it. But this was very interesting because it's something that a lot of people, I think, have talked about. And there's videos online of people trying to do this. I was working on a show. I can't remember what the show was. It was one of my first production jobs, and it was at Universal Studios. And we were all gathered. It was it was the morning shift. It was early. It was I think it was like three or four in the morning. The park wasn't open. We were we were um, doing a walkthrough of the park from one location to another because they actually do film things in those fake back lots and stuff in Universal. That's a that's a normal thing. Oh, cool. That morning. There was a commotion, and the commotion was that someone on the security team was walking through inside one of these fake, um, so there, there's like the fake backlot looking thing, and behind yeah. it, it's just a bunch of, it's just rafters and metal pulling and posting and stuff. Oh, thanks for ruining it, but okay. Sorry, surprise. <laughs> just kidding. Spoiler alert. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, well. So the security guard is walking through, and he's you know walking through with the flashlight. The sun's not really up yet. He's just doing his typical runs, probably listening to some great music, and he hears a noise like something like scurrying in the rafters. And this is a secondhand story that I was told. Um, but I did see, like, the fire department and the police. I saw them there. And he's looking around, and then he looks up, and he sees this, like, woman creature person with, like, crazy hair, like, really thin, <laughs> and she is staring down at him, and she hisses at him, like, very no. loudly. And he runs out. And calls the yeah. police, and they come in, and they, they find her, and I guess she had been living in the, the Universal rafters for X amount of time, and she had, like, because it's, it was so dark in there, she had, like, basically become, like, one of those creatures from the descent. Like, she, she... <laughs> So, I mean, getting, you know, scraps and stuff that people leave behind and, and things but that was a real thing that happened well, shit yeah universal people throw shit to the birds birds don't eat it all no they're too high class there's there's a there's a class system so at first i was like oh my god maybe it's the same lady but it was the eye contact that told me it is not the same lady exactly see it's all about connecting the dots yeah. it's uh yeah, so ever since That's I yeah, I was seven, I was 18, 19 when I heard that, when, when I worked that job. And so I was just like, uh, I got to walk through those those <laughs> by myself. Is there any more, like, cat ladies in the, in the rafters? <laughs> so I was real freaked out. Oh, my God. Um, and then Halloween Horror Nights is never the same to me. Every time I go, I'm like, man, these actors have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
You you don't have to watch out for the actors there. You got to work watch out for the creepy ass fucking ladies. So the lady at Universal, I'm picturing in like a a unitard that's super shiny and sparkly. But the lady in was it New York the first story? Yeah. I'm picturing a very dingy, very stinky, like white old fashioned nightgown. This is how my mind works. It was the the lady in New York was a white teeth. Oh, bummer. And the woman in the rafters at Universal was like a like a raggedy button button down t-shirt. I don't know. Well, their fashion choices apparently um, reflect the places they choose to live. Yeah. So, the, ladies, the, step up the game. The craziest thing is like the Universal. I didn't. I'll, I'll check, but I remember um, because we were shooting a show that was getting some press and stuff. I remember like watching the news and, and like searching universal and stuff. I don't even think it hit the news. I think it was just one of those things that like universal just like, yep, let's just call this a day. <laughs> let's just sweep this under the rug. No chargers. Get her the fuck out boys. <laughs> no one has to know. No one. Has, they gave her 15 bucks no and we're like, here you go. You're, you're oh we'll bail God. you that out of jail. That was great. I love that you, of all the weirdest stories ever on this podcast, have one that you've lived through that you relate to. I fucking love that. Oh, yeah. You know, I feel like it builds character. <laughs> living yeah. in, living in, I've basically been like built to live in fear of just damn near everything from the shit that I've experienced in my life. <laughs> Completely understandable. You're afraid of everything but. Bigfoot. Yeah, hundred percent. Because he didn't hurt me. I've seen him. I seen him twice. He didn't do anything. No, he probably wanted to be your friend, but he was a little socially anxious, and understandably so. Yeah, that's it. That's that was amazing. <laughs> that's all I got. That was amazing. So, um, I'll tell my story in a, in a little bit. But since we had like a little true crime vibe going on there, I didn't tell you this before we started recording part duh but found out today remember that boat i've been trying to get you to come down here and get on with me yeah somebody fucking stole it left it adrift in the lake after taking out all the speakers and um i had this coolest the coolest little cooler on there it looked like a droid from star wars it was like a table slash cooler the motherfuckers stole my droid cooler that's the only thing they took? This is the day I've had. What? <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to figure out what karma I fucked up because it's been a crazy 24 hours. <laughs> That's insane. But you're like out in the middle of nowhere. Where's the boat stored? The boat's stored on the lake. So, but however, there are security cameras at our, our slip. So they're going to have to dig some shit up and we're going to have to find somebody and I'm going to have to do some voodoo that I do and fuck some people up. No, because then I'll get the bad karma again. Whatever it is I did, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, nah, fuck it. Just do the voodoo. Get them. <laughs> <laughs> I know people, motherfuckers. Okay. So now that I've gotten that off my chest, <laughs> it has nothing to do with paranormal. I just needed to vent. So thank you all. For listening to me vent for a moment. So I'm going to tell you a story about a haunting. Ooh. Are you ready for this? I was born ready. So the haunting is of 8960 Easton Drive in Beverly Hills, California. It's a tale of suicide, mysterious death, a serial killer, 
and ghosts. Oh my. The house was built in the early 1900s. This house is a two-story Bavarian-style mansion that has unique gutter spouts, life-size wooden carvings of various silent screen actors, like the stars of the silent era, such as Pickford, Fairbanks, and Mr. Rudolph Valentino. It also has a lovely swimming pool and a grand wooden staircase that connects the first and second floors. But it's who bought the house that brings us to this story. And that story goes a little something like this. So back in the heyday of Hollywood, Howard Hughes helped the young starlet Jean Harlow skyrocket to fame in Hollywood in the 1930s. He hired her to be the star of Hell's Angels that was being converted into one of those talking pictures. So this was the time when I think they were making the switch. I'm sure you know more than I do on this matter. I Was it with the silent film era? Yeah, she, they were just starting to make the talkies That's in a, the third. That is a dark time. Is that? That is a dark. There was oh. a lot of, there was a lot of issues uh, with that transition. A lot of darkness in Hollywood. Mm. A lot of people whose voices weren't good enough. If it's every time I describe that era to somebody, I'm like, imagine today's casting and everyone being treated by how they look. Imagine being treated how how you look. But also how you sound. It's fucked oh, up. God. It's crazy. There was yeah. like huge mass suicide rates in Hollywood. There were people who would just disappear because they were so. It was, yeah, it was dark times at that period. Oh my God. All the ghosts. All the ghosts. I had no idea. This is why you're here because you are a plethora of information, sir. Okay. <laughs> so, um, Jean quickly became Hollywood's original blonde bombshell. On film, she eluded a smooth, sexy attitude, and even Marilyn Monroe said that Jean was her idol. Ladies, so we all, all of us that love us some Marilyn Monroe, we got to look up to Jean now. Jean, who never dated fellow actors, shocked the Hollywood, or actors or anybody in the movie Hollywood, you know. She became romantically involved with Paul Byrne, Paul Byrne was an MGM executive and producer. Paul was short, slight of build, and 22 years her senior. And I'm not going to lie, his mustache was horrible. But hey, you know, they were in love. So Paul bought the house as a wedding gift for Jean in 1932. This house is legit mansion material. I searched the address on Zillow. And just the old carriage slash servant's quarters, not the house, just the old servant's quarters that was broken off and sold separately. That property itself is said to be worth $1.1 million, which I found was interesting. But I know this isn't property, brothers. I just thought it was really cool, which is probably <laughs> cheap in Hollywood. 1.1 mil. Yeah. Yeah. That's... I'm going to go with that. No, not bad at all. <laughs> I could never live there. Okay. So like I said, the couple moves into their happily ever after home. Jane sought out Paul first. She's a ridiculously successful starlet, and he's a super successful Hollywood mogul. Hashtag goals, right? So the couple's married for two months, living Hollywood dreams, and out of the blue, allegedly, Paul commits suicide with a gunshot to the head in the master bedroom. 
Jean's out of town at her mother's for the second night in a row. There's two wine glasses near a drop of blood found by the pool. And rumor has it he was spending time with his crazy ex-girlfriend the night he died. But the cause of death was officially suicide. And sadly, Harlow died just five years after Burns' death in 1937 at the age of 26 from kidney failure. But you said it was pretty dark then, but rumors started after her death that Byrne had beaten her and injured her kidney, causing it to fail five years later. So sad. Not, I'm not trying to cause a downer. It's going to get really good here in a second. <laughs> I, like, I like that you had clarified. <laughs> so two other people died on the property due to drownings before uh, when in 1963, Jay Sebring purchases the house and is dating the infamous Sharon Tate at the time. Her sighting of the spirits in this house are the most documented to date. So in 1966, Sharon was spending the night alone in Jay's mansion. She was trying to sleep in Jay's master bedroom, overwhelmed with an uneasy feeling of a strong unseen presence. She jumped at every noise as she lay in bed with the lights on. Suddenly an apparition of, quote, a creepy little man, unquote, scuttled into the bedroom. Sharon recognized the ghost to be of Paul Byrne, who totally ignored her because he was so intent in his mission to find some unknown thing. So Sharon's freaked out. She threw on her robe, left the room in a hurry, only to find a more frightening sight on the staircase leading down to the first floor. About halfway down this staircase, she saw a ghostly form who was tied to the posts at the stairs with his throat cut. Racing past this terrifying scene, she hurried into the living room trying to find where Jay kept his liquor. Yes, girl, yes. And she was feeling, you know, I a drink, maybe I can sleep, I don't know. So she couldn't find anything. She suddenly got a strong urge to push on one of the bookcases, which revealed the bar. Shaking with fright by this time, she poured herself a drink to steady her nerves. She suddenly got another urge to just tear away the wallpaper along the base of the bar, revealing a solid copper base. This will, we'll need this later. That's why it's in there, I swear. But girl, chill out a little bit. So (laughs) she then walks back up the stairs, past the ghastly apparition on the stairs, past the creepy little man who is now pacing the hallway, Back to her bed where she finally fell asleep. I'm picturing an old girl doing a couple shots. Oh, 100%. So, yeah. <laughs> Tequila, bourbon, I don't care what it is, but I'd be doing this. All thing. of it, yeah. The next morning, she thinks everything was just a bizarre dream, shaking it off. She's heading downstairs and realized it had all actually happened because she saw the copper-based bar and the wallpaper she had removed from the copper. So, I mean, I'd have woke up and said, oh, God, that was a terrible nightmare. So we all know the story of what happened to Jay and Sherry, Sh- Sherry, Sharon in 1969. Oh, wait, you don't? Just in case you don't, 
Let me tell you about a dick face named Charles Manson and what his fucked up disciples did. They killed both Sharon and Jay in a mass murder. There were several other people killed as well. And part of that murder scene included Jay being tied to a staircase because he was trying to defend the pregnant Sharon Tate to no avail. I'm covered in goosebumps right now. So was Jean Harlow, who was, was she trying to warn Sharon about the tragedies that lie ahead for her and Jay? Some people say Jay is the one, Jay is one of the people that haunts the house to this day. I mean, I wouldn't want to stay. I think it was Sharon and Roman Polanski were married when the murders happened and Jay was just like her sidekick. They were still BFFs and it was wonderful. So I would not want to be hanging out at the murder house. I'd go back to the fabulous Bavarian mansion. Oh, yeah. So after the house was sold and a family moves in, not long, like the day they move in, the missus notices her dog is barking up the stairs at absolutely nothing. So she went to check it out. And just before walking into the master bedroom, she heard someone whisper in her ear, please help me. And that night in bed, the Mr. and Mrs. felt a solid and terrifying bumps to their bed. It was like three, just boom, boom. I would have thought it was an earthquake. It's California. But so the Mrs. I don't know their last names. That's why I'm calling them Mr. and Mrs. (laughs) Being a believer in the paranormal, tried to reason with the spirit, as I would have as well, and asked to live in harmony. One day, the missus and her aunt were chatting it up in the living room and picturing, you know, some fabulous coffee or Chablis, only to hear a woman crying. And this is, this is my commentary here. Like she may have just lost her husband, question mark. So it's also said that the family would smell smoke in the house and sometimes even see what looked like a cigarette burning off in the distance, and no one in the house was a smoker. However, Jane, like the rest of Hollywood in her time, was a very heavy smoker. So in the icing on the cake is one night, both Mr. and Mrs. had the same dream on the same night. They said they dreamt of their master bathroom a full bathtub and just a hand coming out of the bathtub to turn the light switch off they decided it was a sign and had an electrician come in and the electrician dude was blown away at how outdated the electrical work was and told them calling him was the right thing to do as there could have been a fire any day if it was left unfixed So the Mr. and Mrs. accounts are from the investigation of Hans Holzer himself, who is a man I'm learning more and more about all the time. Um, Check out Holzer Files on Travel Channels. Tell my friend Dave I said, hey. When he released these files, or I think he has like bazillions of books, so maybe it was in a book, he never listed the address or the family's name. But the description of the house is dead on. And many other paranormal investigators believe this is the location he spoke of. So, sure. Wow. He's like a parapsychologist genius. Oh, love him. (laughs) Settle down. Settle down. I know. I know. Uh, He's no longer with us. Oh, no. God rest, Hans. Um, 
Many visitors to the home claim to see Jane looking down at them through a second story window. Other claims of the home are disembodied footsteps, lights flickering on and off, strange lights that just kind of float into a room and then just disappear. And the strong scent of women's perfume is said to fill the children's rooms. And sometimes when people are sleeping in the house, they hear sounds of a large party going on downstairs. And I'm just going to say, I feel like Jean Harlow is trying to save some lives up in that place. So as of 1997, there's still claims of the haunting. Uh, The new current owners are pretty hush-hush about what goes on there. So there's been no accounts since then. But it's very, very cool story. My wingmen were the Google, Bizarre Los Angeles, HouseCrazy.com, Ghost.HauntedHouses.com, SeeksGhosts.blogspot.com. And I found this chick on YouTube. She wasn't very entertaining, but she's Gabulosis, G-A-B-U-L-O-S-I-S, on YouTube. There you have it. That's, it's, it's crazy because, like, the story in its own is really fascinating because, again, like, that era is, is so interesting to me because it was such, like, a dark era of just, like, vanity and, and like, the crushing of dreams and the failure of, of careers all over just so much. Again, twistle. Yeah, it's just crazy. But uh, I can't, you know, it's like the Sharon Tate situation. I'm just like, she was such a bundle of joy and, and such a light. And she went through I some know. crazy shit. And I don't, it's not really talked, like, that's not really talked about a lot. But I remember, I think, ha- Lifetime or something did a movie. I think Hilary Duff was in it, but it was like The Haunting of Sharon Tate. And I think it was about that situation really yeah i think oh my gosh i'm gonna check that out was hillary playing sharon yes that's weird to me i don't know why let me see i'm yep haunting a sharon tate picture anna ferris in that part (laughs) yeah hillary duff uh played by yep yeah the whole movie is about that that story wow 2019 well there you have it came out last year but again up until that point i had no idea about her experiencing in this house with this history of dying Hollywood, having these premonitions that are absolutely horrifying and then going on to be murdered and kind of being told, even though it's like too late to kind of realize that you're being told that you're going to get murdered. Um, You know? Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, that's, that's so interesting from all angles, but there's a, there's a show. I want to say there's a show or something about, like the dark side of Hollywood or something like that. Uh, it talks a lot about the true darkness of, of Hollywood and, and how like truly fucked up it was when it was kind of on the, the uptick back in the thirties, the forties and, and early fifties. And here I've always called it Hollywood's heyday. So I should stop that immediately. I mean, it, a lot of tragedies. It was, you know, like the 50s, 60s were Hollywood's heyday because that's when it was like color film and like movie stars were were massive that, that had like started in the 40s. But then the 50s, they were like actual stars and you have all this. And then it was like 20s, late 20s, 
through the early 40s that was like the darkness had hit because everyone was trying to advance technology and then you know stars were getting yeah. axed because they didn't sound right and their voices didn't match the it's way they look it's crazy it's nuts it's so nuts but it's it's really interesting because like sharon tate was is more than a part like she was an actress and for another actress yes. to to try to warn her yeah yeah super interesting I mean, but another blonde actress by the way wow Look at sisters looking out for sisters. You have to. You know, we all got to look out for each other a little bit more. So I have a story. Do you want to hear a story? I like I like all of the stories. So I, I was messaging back and forth with um, exploring with the boys on Instagram. I met Mark in, well, the last show I did before COVID hit um, in Richmond, Virginia. He came to the live podcast that Clayton and I had did there. And we've just become fast friends ever since. But he had sent two stories at one point, and I know for sure I read the first one, and I don't remember the second one. So if I've read it, like if you're, you've are you you've listened to every show and you know it by heart, just go ahead and fast forward to when we say goodbye. But I'm going to go ahead and read <laughs> Mark Galloway's story. Um, when I was 16, my family moved to a small town in Indiana named Sullivan, just south of Terre Haute. Terre Haute, Terre Haute. I live here and I don't even fucking know. <laughs> My parents bought these two houses that sat next to each other from friends of theirs whose parents actually built them back in the 50s. Shortly after moving in, I noticed that my closet was missing some sliding doors. So I started looking around, eventually finding them in the garage. I moved the doors back in and installed them. When I was messing around putting the doors back on, I hit a board that turned out to be a false wall in the closet. That's right? ironic. <laughs> it's um like I have always dreamed of having a home with like a false wall and I open it up and it's filled with crystal balls and Ouija boards and all the fun stuff. But I'm a weirdo. So there we go. <laughs> okay, so blah, blah, blah. I hit a board that turned out to be a false closet. I already said that. Behind the wall were old board games, Monopoly and Life. I thought it was a sweet find because they were really old and actually had all the pieces. So I took the games out and set them on my dresser in the closet. That's when all the weird stuff started to happen. Being the teenage boy with a young sibling, I was always about my privacy. Yeah, I went through that phase too. Um, so I went to keep my bedroom door shut. From that point on, every time I would go back into my room, the door was always open. I'd get mad at my little sister. She would swear it wasn't her. And I'd get mad at my parents and the same. They would swear it wasn't them either. Obviously, I didn't believe them. Then one day, I noticed that the games were missing. So I asked everyone if they knew where they were. I looked behind the false wall, and they were Holy shit. Okay, thinking that my sister was messing with me, I took them back out and I hid them. I told her that I knew it was her and to stay out of my room. Again, she swore it wasn't her. Then the games were gone again, back behind the false wall. So he hid them so his sister couldn't find them, and they still ended up behind the false wall. 
still not thinking anything paranormal, which, what? (laughs) I just said, fuck it, and I left him there. Then I started to notice that not only was my bedroom door always open, my closet door was always open now, too. At this point, I'm getting really upset with my family. In parentheses, moody teenager. We've all been there. (laughs) Because I know someone was snooping on me, and they are all lying. But there wasn't anything I could do. So flash forward a few weeks. It's the weekend. I'm asleep at 10 a.m., and I hear the door open up. So I open my eyes, trying not to look awake because I don't want anyone to get me up. But I'm curious who's coming into my room. Through my sleepy eyes, I see a female walk in, walk over to the dresser, then turn around and walk back out and leave the door open. With my sleepy eyes, I couldn't tell who it was, but I was pissed again. (laughs) Teenage rage. (laughs) So I got up, got dressed really fast, went out to find my mom or sister because I was sure it was one of them now. The house was empty. I ended up finding my mom and grandmother way out in the backyard working on the garden. So I walk out there. And I ask her why she was in my room. (laughs) Get the fuck out, Grandma. (laughs) (laughs) That's the title of this show. (laughs) So, um, okay. So, and they said they had been out in the garden since about 8 a.m. or so. And where the garden is, it would have been completely impossible for my mom to make it from the house to the garden without running. Moms don't run. Trust me. I know. Running in the time it took for me to get up and notice that she was out there. So then I asked where my sister was. I could just see him going, where's my sister? Because I was that kid. Um, because if it wasn't her, then it was obviously my sister. She said she'd stayed the night at a friend's house and won't be back until the evening. Dun, dun, dun. So now I'm just confused. I know what I saw. The door was left open. Then we just kind of brushed it off as me just not being fully awake and imagining it. So then a couple more weeks go by. I'm laying in my bed watching TV late at night. I turn the TV off to go to sleep. About 10 minutes or so later, I hear the handle jiggle like someone's trying to open it, but it's locked. My door didn't have a lock, so I just assumed... It was my sister, his poor sister, <laughs> or my dog nuzzling the handle. So I get up, I walk over, I open the door and see what it is. Nothing. So I go into my sister's room and see what she wanted. She's passed out hard. Then I think it's just the air turning on and the suction wiggling the door. Look at this debunker in his teens. I'm just, I would have been like, oh my God, it's ghost cover my head. Run. Everybody, we're going to die. <laughs> Same. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so he goes back to bed. A few minutes go by and the jiggling starts again. So I go and check it out again. Still nothing. I'm wide awake now, sitting on the edge of the bed. Under the door, I can see light from the bathroom nightlight. I sit there waiting. A few minutes go by. The jiggling starts again. I look under the door and I can see two distinct shadows where feet would block the light from under the bathroom. Nope. So I jump up. I open the door. Nothing. After that, nothing else ever happened the rest of the time we lived there. But my sister's room was always ice cold. My parents ended up selling the house about six months later, and we moved to Oregon. Now, the backstory: when the previous owners lived there as kids, the brother and sister, now adult brother, was my parents' friend. 
were really close. At night, the sister got scared for some reason. She would go into her brother's room, and the two rooms were right next to each other with their parents' room on the other side of the house, just like their setup. When they were older, the sister got into drugs and alcohol really bad, and her mental health started to deteriorate. When she was 19, she couldn't take it anymore, borrowed her dad's shotgun, and shot herself in the garage. The old owners afterwards cleaned up everything, took the sliding doors off the closet in the brother's room, and laid them against the hole in the garage from the shotgun blast. Fucking creepy. My lord. I Yeah. So I have I have two thoughts. One, what's with these people in these false walls? What do you need a false wall for? All your cash? Scrooge McDuck? Jesus. <laughs> Scroo- you pulled the Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> or what's the money bags? That's Scrooge, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. I just I, like I don't Mr. understand. Mr. Burns. <laughs> I don't understand that. Like I've never in my in my life, and granted, I like I I, I don't know. I've never thought, hey, I need to I need a false wall in my house to hide these cassette tapes or my debit cards. Like what? my porn stash. Yeah. I don't know. I just don't. I don't like. What do you need that for? I mean, maybe back then. Sure, like years and years ago, that's a thing. It's like oh, I'm gonna... but it was the kids' room. Oh, I bet it was his porn stash in the fifties or whatever it was. There you, there you go. go. See, debunking. Look at you. But the sister's still haunting the place. Yeah. Now my goals as an adult human are to eventually own a home where you open up a bookcase. Look, this is all going full circle. Where you open up a bookcase. From the library, because yes, I name my, I have a library in my house, and I have a parlor because I'm that bitch. But <laughs> you open up the bookcases in the parlor, and you step into my own personal movie theater. Oh, done. I'm moving in. Yes, that sounds. Yeah, sounds magical. I don't have the room here. Someday, uh, someday. when I'm old and gray. <laughs> that would be. Oh, that would be epic. Um, yeah. The, the the second thought is. Like, I think a lot, there are a lot of spirits who it's like the Beetlejuice Casper mentality of some ghosts, like, just want to be seen. And that is, they want to be acknowledged. And then the moment that they are, after going through the things that they're going through, instead of feeling fear, if you acknowledge them and you avatar them by, like, saying, I see you, then... yeah. Is it? That's it. That's all they want. That's like yeah, they've. I agree. They've fulfilled, and they can they can leave one plane, and they can go and be happy on another plane. I think that's yeah. There's a lot of that. Um, I honestly hope I'm never gonna try to cross anybody over because I said this a million times. I'll fuck it up. I don't know. They'll end up in like some seventeenth dimension somewhere else. <laughs> but I hope that. By investigating and letting these spirits tell us their stories, that it's closure for them. And hopefully they can go on to the next plane, whatever that plane is. Or maybe they just like to talk and like to tell their story. And if that's making them happy, then good for them. Yeah. I I don't know. I think, and (laughs) it's been a good episode since I've gotten philosophical, but I I think. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 
the thing about it is... I need a sound effect for when you get <laughs> philosophical, like... The thing about it is, is dying is like a very strange thing. I think that no matter... No matter how it happens, whether you die of natural causes or you die prematurely or you die at your own hand, taking your own life, I think that no matter what, no matter how it plays out, there's always a situation where, like, even if you lived a full life and and you've passed of natural causes, it's there's yeah. still like you you didn't want to go, like no one wants to go, and so I think that in the spirit realm, when you do ask them their story and ask them these situations and things like that. That is what is needed. Maybe that is like the, the magical spiritual key to pass on is because everyone has unfinished business when you pass on into whatever you believe in. And I think that is what's happening. And I think, I don't know. I think it should be talked about more for sure in the paranormal yeah. world. Cause I don't think it is really talked about. It's like a game sometimes. No, I, yeah, I hate when they treat it like a game. I'm, And I don't think that I'm out there to help these spirits. I, I don't know that they can get help. Right. But I, if you treat them with respect, hopefully they'll do the same. I, I, I love when you get philosophical. But real quick, while I'm thinking about it, I want to give the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline number. You guys, if you're feeling sad or you know somebody – not only is the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline help for people who are thinking committing suicide, but if you know somebody and you need to help somebody and you don't know how to do that, use this number in a heartbeat. They're there for everybody in this situation. It's 1-800-273-8255. Yeah. Um, yeah, 100%. I highly tragic recommend. Tragic story. I recommend adding it to, and I, I don't know about Androids, but iPhones have have a favorites tab, what usually your family and friends are in. But I recommend putting it there because you never know. You never know when you're going to need it for anybody in your life or maybe someone on social media you that's really an acquaintance. Don't. I am behind this 100%. And I, yeah, I, I think it's, it's important enough to add to your favorites because you have it on hand that if you don't have it and you can't Google quickly and you need it, in a in a pinch it's there so add it to your favorites on your on your technologies i think it's yeah it's very important i guess we can kind of leave things on that note guys seriously i know times are absolutely insane and i didn't mean for this to turn into a commercial for the national suicide prevention hotline but guys if, if you're feeling sad or you know somebody that just please call or ask for help or something so life's Life will go on and, and life will continue and it will get better. I swear from the bottom of my heart. But I'm Kitsy Duncan. And I am Nick Floyd. Weird is the new cool. Ghost on. Yes. Boom. Oddity Files is an independent production. Intro music created by DJ Jimmy. Wah, wah. 2020 artwork created by me, Kitsy Duncan. The opinions expressed in this podcast are ours and ours alone. Well, maybe yours too. If you like the show and would like to support us, visit oddityfiles.com and click on support or go to patreon.com slash oddityfiles. Every little bit helps with both the podcast and the TV show. 
You can also support us by watching Oddity Files on Amazon Prime. It's free to Prime members and dirt cheap to those who aren't. You can find us on all the social media sites at Oddity Files. Keep spreading the word by sharing, retweeting, and reposting. Join our Oddity Files Facebook group by searching Oddity Files Fan Group and click join. We'll approve you as soon as we can. All weirdos are welcome. Not into that social media stuff? Tell your coworkers, family, even the weird guy who just won't stop talking to you in line for coffee. Oh, and grandma. Your grandma will love us. We appreciate each and every one of you. And if it weren't for you, we have no idea what we would do with our lives. If you have a story you'd like to submit, send it on in at oddityfilescrew at gmail.com. Also, send in story ideas, silly, weird memes, or just positive vibes to oddityfilescrew at gmail.com. You can also call in and leave that in a voicemail. Call us at 317-300-6699. To contact us about an appearance, reach out at kitsy at oddityfiles.com. When you have a set, rate, review, and subscribe. We know it doesn't sound like much, but it really helps us get up there on the podcasting charts. And remember, kids, weird is the new cool. Ghost on. Um, why are you still here? Go on. Get out of here. Turn it off. It's done. Really? I swear. Go. Get. Serious. I'm out of here.